God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Well, here we are. It's another week. We're okay. We're not okay. You're okay. Also, though, not okay. But that's what we do here. I think we should call it, I'm asleep, you're asleep. I'm not asleep, you're not asleep. Did Bishnizzi wake up from a little nap-nap? I just woke up from a nappy-nap-nap. My my schedule, my sleeping schedule is that of a somebody living in a Vietnamese POW camp. Hmm. Basically when the bugs when the bugs are biting, daddy's up. And when the bugs are not biting, daddy gets a little bit of shut eye. I used to do these Christian camps when I was in a Christian rock band and we would go do these like retreats, camps for a week. Hey oh. We would do like Amen. the worship music or whatever for all these kids. And uh mm-hmm. We'd like sleep in these cabins and shit. And we'd wake up the next day with bites all over like where our dicks are. <laughs> and we're like, what's going on, man? And they're like, fly gnats. Like, what? what is it? And the camp counselor's like, those are spider bites. So you just got the spiders rolling around down there in the, once again, the dick area, just biting. Was there a little camp, little camp masturbation? Followed by camp spider bites. <laughs> no, I why was. Were those little, why were those little penises exposed to the spiders? I was pretty religious at the time. And I think I was at an all time low of masturbating, let alone. And I was the type of person that uh, while while being at a camp and sort of being in charge of kids, probably didn't masturbate at all. That was the kind of guy I was. What was happening is there were just spiders all over these rooms and beds, and they were crawling all in the beds. And they weren't really looking for trouble, but, you know, you move and roll around on a spider that's crawling on your inner thigh and it's going to bite you because it's scared. Maybe they were dick spiders. You know, it may have just been the one spider that bit me a couple times. We got a bad case of dick spiders at this camp. But that was a horrible revelation. Like, oh, man, there's like some kind of mosquitoes or something in here. They're like, oh, no, <laughs> no, that's a spider. Oh, Praise God. Cool. Let us pray. Explain to us, those of you who can see us on uh, the video, which, by the way, you can see all the videos of these episodes on our Patreon, but you're uh, you're dressed as me today? Is that what's going on over there? Yeah, I'm Clint Wells <laughs> with my Kiss Navy hat. And long black hair. You look, like a, you look like the bass player for Monster Magnet. I did a live stream on Monday, and this was my costume, so I figured I'd wear it again. Did you tell the people in your live stream that that was me? No, I, I didn't. I didn't really even mention that I had a costume on. That's the way to do it. I like this long hair, though. You look beautiful. It's a good look for me. You look like a you're you. You look beautiful. What can Thank I you. say? Well, I feel beautiful. How you doing? You doing good over there? Doing pretty good. I'm having a thing that I never have, which is, and it's only been one day. Yesterday and today, I had like some time on my hands. And I just don't feel like making anything or doing anything. I mean, it's it's weird. It's not like anxiety or anything, so that's good. I guess it's like boredom, which I've just ne- I'm never bored, and I've felt bored the last couple of days a little bit. It's it's stupid. It's, it's stupid even to mention. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah, but pretty good. I mean, that could also be a sign of depression, but. 
if it's boredom yeah it's definitely some general it's it's slightly depressing it's like general depression because that you know i have that too um if it really is a lot of boredom though if it's like you know obviously things are more complicated then that's depression well that's boredom if it really is like a chunk of that really is boredom you should do something unexpected do something that seems unlikely for you to do for me it was basketball i'm going camping uh friday in the woods with people oh wow which is very, I don't think I've been camping in maybe 25 years. So I've got some friends that are very outdoorsy mm -hmm. and they've been sort of excluding me from their activities. And I basically mm -hmm. told them that it was hurting my feelings. And uh, to which they said, well, is this because we didn't think you would go, you know, do the things that we like to do, which is like camping. And so I was like, well, I'd rather, you, I'd really, I'd really like for you to invite me. I'd really rather have the option to say no then feel like you guys are not hanging out with me. So they invited me and I was like, I'm going to go. So I'm going. So you're going without your family. It's just me and three other dudes for one evening in the woods. Man, that's probably going to be really fun. It sounds pretty fun. And it was like really fun. Except for the camping part. Except for the spiders and the dick area part. But Dude, you know where they, where are you camping at? It's like two hours outside of Nashville. I don't know where it is. It's some like. Dude, that's where you, that's where place. all the dick spiders are. But I'm with you on that feeling though. I had. I dropped Nova off at school this morning. Kind of a gloomy day, so that's already happening. We had kind of a quiet ride to school, but nothing bad. We're in, moods were good. And I dropped her off, and she just, she gets out of the car by herself, and she walked in. She had her mask on. She didn't look back. And I felt so sad. I felt so alone and sad, and sad for her. Like I was... Like, I was sad that I brought her into this world. And it's a very strange feeling. And it, it kind of went away, but I had to, I had to sort of just feel it for the duration of the car ride home. And it was pretty unpleasant. Very lonely sadness. But I feel better now. Well, I used to feel that not, <laughs> not, I used to have the same thing when Luke was a kid and I'd drop him off, but the sadness was because I wasn't going to see him for a couple of days because me and his mom are divorced. So yeah, I would drop him off and I'd be like, Oh, he'd go into school. And then I'd be like, Oh, I'm not going to see him for like two days. Well, she just seemed like such a big kid and she's going into the war, you know, we're sending her into the little mock-up of the war to prepare her for, out here where it's war and uh it just made me sad yeah i don't know well she's got this kid that's picking on her saying some mean shit <clears throat> and it's like well you gotta figure it out baby you gotta figure out what you're gonna do with that and that's that's tough as a parent because i'd like to just kill all the children that are hurting my kids feelings but it's a primer for what life's like dude there's some psychos in life man and that is the one thing i don't miss about being a kid is just having to deal with psychos when you're an adult man you just decide who you want to see and who you don't want to see and that could be as little as zero people and as many as everybody yeah but when you're in school man you just got to see all the people every day all the psychos are just going to be there every day. And you can't be like, hey, that guy's a psycho. Can we like not let him in school? Because then 
I mean, that, that, that would be cool if that was an option, but it's just not an option. Well, that's why I likened it to the warfare of like, you really just have to <laughs> go back in and face, because this kid that's given her trouble is in her class and, you know, she's in one class all day. So she has to deal with this fucking kid all day. And the teacher can't do it. You know, nothing, no one can do anything. It's this weird, unless the kid, you know, the kid pulls out a Molotov cocktail. I guess there's certain, certain protocol that can be enacted on. But if the kid's just being mean, being a bully, it's like, well, welcome to fucking life. Yeah. It's, well, that's the thing. I mean, all this stuff about bullying and shaming kids and all that stuff. Like, I think it's, important to temper people with that stuff and if they don't have that like if we take all that away what kind of person and what do you end up being like i mean i wouldn't be the person i was now if high school wasn't going to like a damn juvenile detention center where i went to high school i mean it was rough man but uh, yeah. it definitely made me who i am it made me an interesting artist. I think you end up being a big vulnerable baby. I've got a friend who's a therapist and it's interesting having, having a really, actually one of these guys I'm going camping with. <clears throat> it's interesting having a friend who does that for a living. And you know, he's very professional and whatever discreet. He doesn't give us any details about his clients, but he does sort of talk in general about, you know, his life and his work. And it's a lot of babies. It really is a lot of, and I say this as a guy who's been in personal therapy for 15, 20 years. I'm a big fan of it if you need it and it can really help you if you're willing to do the work and all that stuff. But if you're just paying someone a hundred bucks to listen to you whine, which he kind of talks about is like a lot of his, some of his clients do that. They just, they're lonely and they just want to vent. They want someone to listen to their problems. They're not really trying to cure neurosis or get better at something. I think that's one of the things you have. You just have a, a nation. You have a generation of adults who are all on antidepressants and who all pay for people to listen to their problems, who have no tools for dealing with the sharp edges of the world. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I I went to therapy for I probably had maybe fifteen years all together, all combined of individual therapy, and all I would go. All I would do is go in there for 50 minutes and blah, blah, blah. And I would I'd think about it afterwards and then go, that guy just earned his fucking, he earned his keep. Yeah. Because I'm just, he, it's not like, let's have a conversation and chit chat and you tell me your story and I'll tell you mine. It's just me just going, and then I feel this and this and this and blah, 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 blah. And that guy's just like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and just, I know that guy's just like looking at the clock and going, "What am I charging this motherfucker again?" Yeah, totally. When's the hour enough? Yeah, it ain't enough money, right? But I think it's, dude. If you can afford therapy, I think everybody needs therapy. Especially, I could probably, I could probably use it again. This is sort of a little like therapy, a little, but. Uh, you got it. Yeah, you know what's really <clears throat> humbling. It's good to, it's, uh, uh, it's good to good to do it. What go? What's humbling? 
Well, you were just talking about how some, were you saying that sometimes doing the podcast feels like therapy? Is that the point? A point you were it making? It can be yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It can be cathartic. I totally agree. And uh, what's humbling and interesting is, is, you know, when people write in about how the podcast helps and we got an interesting email this week, you can write in Bob and Clint at gmail.com. This is from Ray, who's a lady. And she says, Hey guys, this is my first time writing to you and I felt compelled to do so. A few weeks ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I'm undergoing surgery at the end of the month, a bilateral mastectomy. To say I'm freaked out is an understatement of epic proportions. On my numerous sleepless nights, I grab my phone and listen to IOK, okay, You're OK podcasts in bed. I literally laugh out loud by myself and it helps take my mind off things. The way I see it, I'm alone in bed with two really cute, extremely smart, and very funny guys, and it makes me feel better until I drift back to sleep. I also catch Bob's Song Club on Mondays and the alternate Friday live stream shows. Salve for the soul. So thank you both. I love you guys. Don't worry, Clint, since we've never met, you don't have to say that back. Loved the last podcast. Cheers from a grateful Patreon member. Love, Ray. Wow. Well, Ray, thank you so much. Um, That sounds so fucking scary. Like, if that was me, I would be freaking out hard i've only had i've only had surgery a couple times and both times one was for uh they were both for uh hernias one in my belly button and then the other the lower but it uh both times i like was so freaked out yeah about the whole experience and i mean i don't even know what to say that just sounds it sounds super scary. Well, I've I have family members that have been through that and you know, you're going to be okay out there, Ray. It's okay to be scared. You're going to be fine. It's so weird when somebody that I care about says they're scared. My immediate first thing is to try to quell their fears. Like it's so difficult for me to watch somebody that I care about be in pain, discomfort, fear, anxiety, like it immediately invokes this thing in me where I'm like, oh, I got to take care. I got to fix this situation. But it's okay to be scared and it's okay. It's okay to, for someone that you love to be scared and, and you don't necessarily have to, I don't, I don't have to necessarily take that on. I think it's a weird thing. Like, well, for me, like I just grew, I grew up in an alcoholic household. So my dad's an alcoholic, my mom, pretty heavy drinker. So I got this idea at a really young age that I had to like, kind of make sure everything was copacetic. Cause my dad, if he flew off the handle, I'd get a, not a beating, but I'd get, I get, he would wail on me. So I was scared a lot as a kid. So any sort of, you know, anger, emotion, any, any, any emotional excitement was real dangerous for me as a kid. And it's continued into my adulthood. So if I see my, my wife scared or my daughter scared or, Man, it's so hard to just 
listen and take it in and not go into, oh, I got to fix this or I got to figure out how to make this person less scared. Because there is, there is this weird thing. I, again, this doesn't help. None of this, <laughs> none of this helps if you're scared. But I had this thing where I went skydiving about probably 20 years ago now. And it was the scariest thing I've ever done. And afterwards, I was like, what was so scary about this whole event? Because I didn't really do anything. I I put on this suit. I watched a video, got in a plane, sat in the plane, jumped out of the plane, floated to the ground, and that was it. But I was so terrified And then I just realized I had this profound idea that like life, the only thing that makes life interesting, the only thing that gives it any sort of power grab or importance is fear. And if you take fear out of the equation, like if we weren't afraid as human beings, life would be absolutely mind numbingly boring. Like it wouldn't be fun at all. There would be no, you would not have any fun at all in life. Now, granted, you know, facing the unknown, you know, like there's types of fear that's fucking really fucking crazy scary that I have a really hard time with. But man, fear is really, it's the thing that makes life great. Well, like most, like most things like that, my, my reaction is like, I'd love to take the Pepsi challenge on having a good time without fear. I'd love to try it and confirm the hypothesis. We're like, well, money can't make you happy. I'm like, I'll tr- I would like to try. Plus, I think that uh, I think knowing we're going to die is enough. That's enough fear to make everything else interesting. I don't think you need the spider in the dick area or the you know the bilateral mastectomy or the I'm going to die jumping out of a plane. The, the the death coming for us all is enough to make life feel sweet. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's I think it is death. The uncertainty, the unknowingness of it factors into all of my fear. Like whatever my fear is, the the equals at the end, if you're doing math, the equals is death. Right. So oh, somebody doesn't like what I'm doing in the audience. Somebody's texting on their phone while I'm singing a song. The equation there is, oh, this person's not into what I'm doing. I'm not very good at what I'm doing. Eventually, everybody's going to figure out that I'm a fraud. They're all going to not like me. Because they don't like me, I'm going to die by the side of the road, wrapped in swaddling clothing, a little baby in the rain, sucked into the drain, and I'm going to die. That's the math for me. So people are like, what's wrong, man? The whole crowd was into it. Yeah. Did you see that person texting? I'm going to die. Dude, I'm always in a, I'm always wrapped in swaddling clothing with my little face, just kind of like this outfit I'm wearing right now, with my little face (laughs) exposed, my little baby face in the rain (laughs) at night, about to be sucked into that it drain. That is so sad. Dude, that's how I feel all the time. Or, the person lifts up their phone 
or puts their phone away and looks up and then starts applauding and then all of a sudden I'm I'm not I'm not in the rain in the swaddling clothing. Where are you at when they do that? Then I'm on stage just performing, having a great time. <laughs> all of a sudden. I'm not a little baby about to die. It's not, dude, I'm telling you, man. That is really fucked up. It, it, it's real. It's, it is, dude. It's like a, it's like a really fucked up calibre. Calib- my calibration is really fucked up. But speaking of calibration, guess what I'm excited about? What? Getting into my pool. Dude, it's been two days where it's gotten down in the 30s. My pool, I haven't gotten into it today, but I'll probably do it today. Oh, yeah, because you're on your cold water, shocking your body shit. Yeah, I will get in that pool. I bet you the pool's probably in the 50s today. Dude, when you get into water that's 50 degrees, whew, dude, you have a you have a great rest of the day. You're not bored after that. No, because you're dying of pneumonia. <laughs> No, you don't. No, there's no, you're you're not going to die of pneumonia. It's really good for your body. Like it releases all this, all these chemicals and endorphins. It oxidizes your whole system. It gets rid of inflammation. Dude, you walk out of that pool and you're recharged. Hmm. You're whistling. Dude, I've never not, I've never done it where I haven't finished coming out of that cold water. And like, I'm whistling. I'm like, "Mm, I'll make myself a sandwich. And I'm like, and then like I was like, what were my problems? I can't remember now. I'm alive. I'll make a sandwich. How long before? How long before the reality comes crashing back in? As soon as your body temperature acclimates? No, no. I mean, it lasts. It's it's because what it does is it hard calibrates your your system. Like again, I've talked I talk about it all the time on this show. We we live such comfortable lives. We just we just don't have anything. You know, when was the last time armed intruders came into your house with guns, threatened you and your family, and then left? Never. So most of the day, you're like, you know, you're taking your daughter to school. You're having a moment where you 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 envision a dystopian future, and 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 you and all of the memories of your, you know, childhood and and life and blah blah blah. And then you're like, ah, I'm not feeling so good. And then you kind of carry that throughout the rest of the day. But dude, you get in that water and your brain says, you screaming, I would do it, but I'm, I don't want to scream into this mic, but all caps, you're dying. Get out. You're dying. You fell into ice water. You're going to die. And then it hurts, dude. It's painful. And then you just stand there as long as you can, which is like, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. And then you get out and then nothing even comes close to that for the rest of the day. Well, you know what John Mellencamp said? Ooh, wait, hold on. You know what he said, Step. right? He said it hurts so good. Um, dude, he right. Well, he said what? it hurts so good. He said it hurts so good. He right. And you know what? He right. <laughs> dude, it, he it, right. It, it do hurt so good. <laughs> It hurts so good, bad. You know what I like about John Mellencamp? When he says something, and he right, and he right. He right. But when he says something, and he right, dude, he don't not stop saying it. Mm-mm, he say it a lot. He say it <laughs> over and over and over He say again. it big time. The only person that says it more than him is 
is uh, Billy Idol. Billy Idol, when he say something and he write, dude, he say it a lot. He say rebel yell like loud. Well, when he like look around, when he look around and he go, you know what? It's a nice day for a white wedding. He right? Well, he right. For sure he Because right. it is. Well, sometimes you look around and you go, man, this looks like a good day for a white wedding. And then he can't stop saying it. You know who else is in this very, very short company that we're discussing? There's John Casey Mellencamp. Casey in the Sunshine. Casey no, in the Sunshine. John band? Mellencamp. There's Billy Idol. And yeah. there's Brian Adams who says things like, well, cuts like a knife, but it feels so right. Ooh, he right. Because he right about that. <laughs> Dude, he, he knows he, a lot about like, knives. Well, he, does. he looks at situations sometimes, like you'll come across a situation sometimes and you'll realize. Oh, this shit cuts like a knife. But it feels so right because... But wait a minute. How could it cut like a knife? Right? Right. Owie. Ow. Mm-hmm. He right. Mm-hmm. But feels so right? I'll tell you why. You know why? Why? Because hurts so good. He right. <laughs> he right. Dude, he right. Hey, we got to get out of here. But before we go... I want to say thanks to all the new patrons we got. Goodness gracious, all you beautiful people coming through from the old Patreon. We've got Kat Taylor, Kelly Grady, Scott Womer, and Scott Stewart all became patrons. All right. We like to say thank you. That hurts so good. Uh, You can support us over there. It's it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the letters I-O-K. You can also leave us a positive review. We got some Heine reviews. Because here's the new deal with the reviews. You got to go yeah. leave the review and you got to write something about your Heine, my Heine, Bob's Heine, John Cougar Mellencamp's Heine, some Heine. Well, here's the deal. You can leave a review and that's great. And we th- applaud you. But is that review going to cut like a knife and feel so right? Well, is it going to hurt so good? Probably not. It will if you use the word Heine in it. If you leave a review today and use the word Heine, that's going to cut like a knife. And it's going to feel so right. And it's going to hurt so good. Now, is it going to still be a is it going to, here's the thing that it's not going to be a good day for a white wedding. Because mm. those days are, it, those days are past. Those days are in the different, we're not living in a world where it's a good day for a white wedding. No, we said bye-bye. We said bye-bye to that. And we'll say bye-bye to you right now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>